welcome to another episode of We Need to Talk. I probably should have edited that out, but we are real and authentic on this podcast. Uh, Thank you guys for tuning in. Please remember to like, comment, and subscribe, and share. We are so grateful for all of you that have been with us these last 10 episodes. This is our 11th episode. We're going to be taking a little short break because I'm going to be traveling the world. We'll be back everywhere, literally. We'll be back in uh, a couple of weeks. I'm your host, Melinda. I'm joined by my co-host, Carmel. And in studio again today, we have Mr. Drexel Hurd. Hello, everybody. Glad to be back. Yay! Yeah. He texted me. He was like, um, what did you say? He was like, I look... He I said, said I, I look like she. So like, we won't be taking no photos <laughs> today, y'all. He was like, and it's not going to change. And I was like, no worries. No picture. No picture. No video here. No video. Um, so... <clears throat> This week, man, let me tell you. So you got one big topic that we're going to talk about that I'm sure is going to spiral into a bunch of different topics regarding politics and policy and all of that good Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, And once we finish that discussion, however long it takes us, as you know, at the end of each episode, we talk about an organization, somebody that is doing good in the world. We try to end on a positive note. Um, but let's just, we're just going to dive right in let's and go. start to talk about abortion. Yeah. That's just what we're going to talk about. Um, so Drexel, why don't you give us kind of a, a background on what exactly this bill that was just was signed in Alabama says specifically. So, sure. So I think it's like a series of bills, right? But it's a very coordinated, uh, effort by Republicans, um, as they have been, Republicans are very good at coordinating, attacks on rights as they that they've done over the past few years mm-hmm. uh, whether or not it's uh, LGBT rights uh, starting at the beginning of the Trump administration immigration rights um, national security they just run the gamut they've mm-hmm. been doing that and they've finally settled on uh, on women's rights but that's been something that they've been working on for years for since sure. Roe v Wade in uh, 1973 I believe for sure for sure. <clears throat> And so in this case, uh, right before an election year (laughs) and right after the president has put on the Supreme Court two uh, fairly ultra-conservative justices, um, Republican state legislatures, mostly in the South, have coordinated an effort to force bills that they know are basically unconstitutional right now back up to the Supreme Court. So Alabama, Missouri, Ohio. Uh, Georgia. Georgia. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a very coordinated. Be- and Kay Ivey, who's the governor of Alabama, who signed that, uh, the most restrictive law in out of those states yeah. last week, said, I know this bill is going to be challenged, but the point is not for the actual law. The point is for it to be challenged in court so that we can strike down Roe v. Wade. So we mm. know hmm. that Republicans, that's, their that's goal. the goal. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. It is yep. not because they have any interest in legislating effectively and that's unfortunate it is unfortunate because the duty of a legislator is to create laws that are designed to protect people Mm. Uh, in this case republicans have not passed any bill if you look at the last uh congress the 116th the 117th congress where paul ryan Mm -hmm. was uh speaker of the house and republicans had control of the house uh you look at some of these state legislatures across the country uh, they're not really doing anything but rolling back rights, not necessarily I- in do- doing their due diligence to help their state, uh, and in this case from the national level or the federal level, to help out Americans across the board. Right. 
And I think that that honestly plays into uh, Trump's entire campaign slogan of make America great again, because to them, America was great when they were fully in charge. Mm. And they don't like that now all of these women, all of these minorities and all of these marginalized groups have voices, are speaking up and are probably or are trying to at least vote them out of their position so that they're unable to make these decisions anymore. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the other coordinated efforts over the past few years has been on voter suppression. Mm -hmm. There was an episode of For the People, Shonda Rhimes' show on ABC, mm -hmm. that this their season finale was all about voter suppression mm. this week. So it was really interesting to see, uh, because the whole, and I think I might have talked about it the last episode, time I was on, but that whole show is set in, in New York about the Southern District of mm -hmm. New York, yeah. and which is the most powerful district uh, in, in the nation. Um, where the big cases go, and they talked about voter suppression and they went after that, and that's something that Republicans have been working towards uh, to make sure that they can win because they can never win fairly, uh, whether or not it's with voter suppression or whether or not it is with help from a foreign entity mm -hmm. uh, because they know that they are, at the end of the day, the minority. Right, right. Uh, their viewpoints are in the minority. Um, to hear them talk about socialism and, and you know, listen, I'm not the biggest Bernie Sanders fan. However, there is socialism to an extent can work yeah. when it's regulated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When there are, if you look at countries like Denmark and Sweden and those places, it works for them because they are a socialist democracy yeah. in that sense. If you look at where dictators pray project socialism in their campaigns and then become dictators later, it's mm -hmm. because nobody was stopping them from doing it Correct, because the yeah. people put all of their faith in one person other than rather than the institution. Yeah. <clears throat> so in this case, Republicans know if you know, if you've noticed they've coalesced around one person mm -hmm. rather than a series of them as a party, mm -hmm. uh, in this case, Donald Trump. So they are listening to that one person who doesn't have a clue right. as to what that means. And <laughs> right. even today on um, whether or not, I think it was CBS Morning News, because we're taping on Sunday. So uh, CBS Morning News, something the president was on where he, or he actually tweeted that he thought that the Alabama law was too restrictive. Mm -hmm. um, he talked about being pro-life. Mm -hmm. However, uh, you know, he, he kind of talked, he said that he thought it was too restrictive. T t Tammy, Tammy Lauren. Tommy. Tommy Lauren. I know. I know. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm going to call her Tammy today. Uh, Tommy Lauren also tweeted something yeah. like that. So you're starting to see some cracks in um, in that uh, when, it when it comes to women's rights and abortion rights. Right. Because, it, like I said, it's less about nobody – don't let anybody ever tell you that a person is pro-abortion. That is not a thing. Yeah, it's not. That, 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 is, that is like being pro-war. Yeah. There are some people out there – who are pro-war for financial purposes, mm -hmm. but nobody ever wants to send somebody to war for that purpose. For nobody sure. ever wants to, no woman wants to have to have an abortion that they don't want, at least as far as I know. Yeah. Um, you know, it's hard for, you know, I mean, it's hard for men to talk about women's rights to an extent because that's not our truth. And so I could never say, oh, well, all women are like that. Right. But also there are a lot of, Christian women um, who believe that there's a difference between the moral side and the scientific For side. For sure. And I want to get into that a little bit in a second. But Carmel, as a, uh, what do we say, cisgender heterosexual man, yes, <laughs> all yes. these, all these labels, right, right. Um, 
How important do you think it is for people like you to be a part of this conversation? I think it's very important because I don't see this as a gender issue. I, I've seen a lot of memes, uh, one in particular that says men shouldn't vote uh, on women's bodies or something like that. And it's just a long, it's like several lines of this. It's like a real popular one I'm seeing right now. And I, I don't think that's the issue because why should a man even vote on what a man should do with his body? Like I don't, I, I completely do not like the government at all telling me to do anything with mm-hmm. my body. Um, so I think it's important that we look at this purely from a rights standpoint for on someone's body, mm-hmm. not whether it's male, female, because isn't the governor female who put this bill on? She's uh, the one that signed it. is. Yeah. Yeah. female. So it was 25 white Republican males who created the bill, but then a female signed it. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not a gender issue because um, she could have not signed it. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to look at this just purely from the government having the ability to um, inflict or create laws that tell us what to do with our bodies. We've had you know a slight talk about vaccinations mm-hmm. last week. Um, so to me, it's all about that. I don't want anyone being able, to, being able to tell me what to do with my body. And I think women are just, it's easier because they're, we're not, I'm not a woman. Mm-hmm. And um, this happens inside of a woman's body. So this becomes the issue that I think becomes the, whether the test case or the overarching story because it's another life, it's two people. It's so many ways of looking at, mm-hmm. looking at this um, that make it so um, provocative. I just think it's got to be, we got to start, we got to quit adding things to it. I think the male, the male, female thing is a, is a big issue, whether it's Republican, Democrat, whatever. I, I honestly don't care. I just don't want anyone being able to tell me what to do. Got you. You know, and I, because uh, you mentioned it a little bit, Drexel, just going into like the Christian standpoint. And for me, that's, I claim Christianity. It is a very huge part of my life. I'm very much so a progressive Christian, but I always find that argument really interesting because we have separation of church and state for a reason. But the problem is, is that 95% of Republicans are Christians and they're going to impose those antiquated views um, on people and create them to be laws. And that is the biggest issue that I have, because if you look at it from a legal political standpoint, nobody should be able to impose their own religious beliefs on an entire society. And, um, I think people don't realize that they're like, oh, well, you know, it's like it's in the Bible. It says this. Blah, blah, blah. It's like yes, but not everybody in this country is Christian. Yeah. Not everybody in this country ascribes to that. Not everybody in this country believes what you believe. Like, and it's so shocking to me that people can't flip the script. It's like, how would you feel if the entire country had to follow like Jewish theologies? Like. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't understand why people can't ever flip the script in that sense and put themselves in somebody else's shoes like, oh, I wouldn't like it if, if all Muslims, we had to do what Muslims wanted because that was put in law because 95% of Republicans were Muslims or Democrats. So I don't, I never understand when people use that as an excuse because we shouldn't be voting on something because of what beliefs you have. Sure. I mean, I don't, you know, the separation of church and state is a philosophy. 100%. Right. It's, it's, yeah. not, it's not something that is, and I think people have to understand that part of it because it's not something that is written in the Constitution. It's right. not something that is written. Um, it's not declar- at it, all. It's not anywhere but in Thomas Jefferson's mind where he started it, talking <laughs> about it. Well, he wrote a letter to, to Exactly. A, yeah, right. And so that's where it started. So yeah. it wasn't, it's not a thing. The Constitution only says the government basically cannot choose one over the others. Right. And in this case, the argument from Christians is the this is where Christianity 
is how this country started. It was the first religion that was here, so sure. they say. For sure. Right? Because I don't think the Indians were Christians as Native far Americans. as I know. The Native Americans were, the Native <laughs> right. Americans were Christians as right. far as I know, right? right? We don't so, know. Um, so I think that's where the... Uh, I just want to clear that up because I don't want people to be confused as to thinking that ch- church and state is like an actual thing. It's right. certainly just philosophy. I but mean, I, it should be, though. Right. Like, right. <laughs> you know? Because you can't govern effectively based on your you should not be governing effectively based on your personal beliefs. But there was a study in 2015 that said a majority of those women, a majority of women who were getting abortions were Christian. Mm. Uh, Interesting. That that doesn't surprise me at all, actually. In in this survey, it was (laughs) 70% of the women they surveyed identified as Christians. 23% of Christian women uh, who have had an abortion consider themselves evangelical Christians. Mm. Over one-third of the women surveyed attend a church service once a week or more. And over half of the women who attend church regularly have kept their terminated pregnancy secret from their church community. Not surprising. So that was 2015. So you can only imagine what it's, it's gotten yeah. since then. Yeah. Because um, that was right before the election. So mm-hmm. who knows what could have happened mm-hmm. shortly after that while Donald Trump was gearing up because he started, he, he had you know announced in, in June of 2015. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I think that that is something that people have to decide what is important. You're, we're never like, if you read the Facebook posts and you go through social media, you're never going to change a religious person's mind. True. Those are the people that you're just never, they're just morally, they're just never going to come around. Right. Males who have, who their argument is less Christian where they still believe abortion is wrong. I'm like, well, sir, you don't really have a say in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there are some uh, some men out there who, there are some lawmakers who have had their mistresses uh, have abortions too. So, I, you know, I, I, I going back to what Carmel said, I think it's very difficult for us to have a say in part of this conversation until, you know, you see it all over the news where there are a majority of men talking about these bills and the media is not putting women front and center like they should be. They're not inviting these women to talk right. on camera uh, about that. And I think Democrats really should be lining women up mm-hmm. to have this conversation, to right. make this a thing, and to make it so personal that you cannot avoid it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for Republicans, though, and especially Christian Republicans, uh, and I say Christian because I won't say religious repo- religious because mm-hmm. they they could be Muslim they could be a for certain sure, for sure. Of people. Um, when Sandy Hook happened, when a lot of these shootings happened, you weren't going to change their mind on guns, right? As if guns was a Christian thing, right? Yeah. And you're like yeah. that that's not a thing, right? Right? Well, how is that a thing in your right. head? Right? And um, you know you know you see all these memes all over the place where it's like you know you want to. You are interested in the life of an unborn child when they're in the womb, uh, but as soon as, but as they're soon out, as they're out, yeah, you're not thinking yeah. about them. You don't want to pay for them. Yeah, uh, you see how we we see how you feel about uh, immigrant children. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see how you feel about black children. Mm-hmm. We see how you feel yeah. uh, about LGBT children. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing pro-life in your argument, and I do think that when Democrats have this conversation on camera, they have to say exactly that. Yeah. They have to go after the, the center of the argument mm-hmm. and, and, and draw these people out mm-hmm. and say, this is what you're saying. This is how you're contradictory. 
and I'm going to call you out on it well, until you say yeah. something. So it's if, completely true. Yeah, so on, on, the, on the bottom line, so from a Republican standpoint, what would what would they have to gain from Roe v. Wade changing? Absolutely nothing. It's control. So, and the thing is, it's convenient and easy. And I read this, uh, a pastor posted this, that it's convenient and easy to want to give a voice to, un- is, it, is that the, yeah. the David... Yeah, it's, it's David Barnhart. I'm actually just going to read this because I think that this is fantastically written and so on point. So this is Dave Barnhart. He is a pastor, and it says, The unborn are a convenient group of people to advocate for. They never make demands of you. They are morally uncomplicated. Unlike the incarcerated, addicted, or the chronically poor, they don't resent your cond- condescension. Is that condescension? Or complain that you are politically correct. I'm like, what is that word? Uh, unlike widows, they don't ask you to question patriarchy. Unlike orphans, they don't need money, education, or child care unlike aliens they don't bring all that racial cultural and religious baggage that you dislike they allow you to feel good about yourself without any work at creating or maintaining relationships and when they are born you can forget about them because they cease to be unborn he goes on for a for a lot of for a while um, in this status but it's completely true because it is easy it is completely easy because there's no um rules really it's like they don't have a voice i'm gonna give a voice for them yeah i feel good about myself it's like but you're not caring about any of the people i mean the homeless population i talk about this all the time and it's something that i'm so passionate about you have people that go fight for your country that come back and have nowhere to live yeah they have no health care that have no job no nothing but you're putting more of a focus on an unborn baby which granted i i want children to be born you know and and i get it no like you said nobody's pro-abortion but if we can't even focus on the people that are here, why are we putting so much stuff on this? So the control. So again, that's that's my problem. Why? Why are they? What are they trying to gain control of? Um, Everybody. Right. So, it, <laughs> so to me, this this also goes back. You mentioned voter suppression, and so I know a lot of people are going to wonder, well, how am I being suppressed? Or what am I missing? What am I not informed on? Um, and I've I've just had this conversation with someone recently. Like, really pay attention to your local and state authorities are and pay attention to who is going up to, to vote for you because all these women are upset that these 25 you know <coughs> representatives or republicans voted created this bill well who put them there right so it's like right. you can't get mad if you didn't have a say uh if you didn't decide to put the person you want in there uh to create laws and bills like this for you so i think that's very important is getting people informed and educated Almost people who are going to go before you and create bills and laws like this, and then mo- moving forward, put them in front of people for reasons that have nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. And I always ask this. I think I asked you this once before. Like, what what bills or laws have been passed that just help us? Like everything I've ever seen that gets passed always has some kind of like connection to a, a a corporate kickback or someone's trying to get voted something else in or something else is being moved and they want to change it. It it rarely ever has to do mm-hmm. with me. I'm going to benefit purely from this bill passing. It's always something one to gain control or some kind of financial gain. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think from the from a national level, that certainly I believe that's more true than at the state and local level sure. because um, the rules are a little bit <coughs> excuse me the rules are a little bit different uh, and people are on the ground all the time. Um, you know, I'm. We talked about it last time. I'm a delegate in the 39th district here uh, and. And on the executive board, so I see our assemblywoman often. Like those folks mm-hmm. are here; mm-hmm. they're sh- they're showing up because you know they c- and they fly back and forth in San- Sacramento all the time. Uh, same thing with city council. Um, Herb Wesson is always out places. Uh, Nuri Martinez, who is uh, 
who is the the first female uh, city council pro tem, she's always out places. Mayor Garcetti, always out places. So we have visibility on those folks. Um, obviously, Diane Feinstein, Kamala Harris, those guys are kind of the national head, the faces, so they're not really as present because mm-hmm. they have a state that is larger than 10 states in the country and they can't crisscross all the time. Right. So go back, going back to your point, you do have to focus on your local the, the folks that are that are local to you. We have a friend that is considering running for office right mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. and I had that conversation too. I said, well, look, if you're going to run, you better be damn sure, A, you're going to win, mm-hmm. and B, you better have a compelling story yeah, in yeah. a time where you are white, male, in California. Your story has to be so compelling for folks to want to vote for you. Yeah. Yep. We're talking yep. about Dakota? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that it will just blow people's minds. Because yeah. if you don't blow people's minds, they're not going to vote for you. Right. Not right now. Right. Not over somebody else. Right. That is a minority or that has more money than you. Or right. that's an incumbent. In this case, it's an incumbent. Yeah. So <clears throat> you do have the opportunity to do that. But I always tell people, you don't necessarily have to run for actual office. There are Democratic clubs across the country. If you're a Republican, there are Republican clubs across the across the state, less in California, but there are out. They are out there. Um, you know, go go to these organizations and just get involved in how you can do that. The Planned Parenthood of America is everywhere in California. Mm-hmm. There are opportunities for you to get involved uh, um, with that. And if you're here in LA. With Pride coming up, you're going to see a bunch of those organizations uh, soon, right? And 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 pick the ones that work out for you, mm-hmm. and then get involved and like spend less time on Facebook and more time doing something, donating to people, um, um, talking to people, getting involved with people, and that's something else I told Dakota, which was, what what clubs are you in? Mm-hmm. Who are you involved with? Mm-hmm. If you can't tell people that you have showed up, yeah, in just the minuscule way then they're not going to believe that right. you are for, for them. them. Yeah, for sure. So what do you guys think? Well, how do I word this? Do you think it's possible the Roe versus Wade will get overturned? Do you see it happening? Uh, I'll say, yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm the guy in office right now would never would have thought would have got in. Mm. Yeah. So that once, once Trump got in, anything could happen. Yeah. I know yeah. this is such, this has been around for, almost what 40 some years um and i honestly i have never actually had or seen uh this much debate and talk about it till recently and i was kind of wondering why why did all of a sudden all these um states decide to create legislation for this um so something's happening mm-hmm. so no I'm, i i say it's possible and i also know that there's another case is it planned parenthood versus casey i think that's also um one that people in talk the about. pipeline yeah, so it's, it's, it's another one that kind of uh, mm. dictates how we um, legislate abortion. But another thing that this kind of makes me think about, and, I, and on the way over here I heard someone talking about how anyone in Alabama that does any has an abortion um, gets arrested. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, the, I think a 30-year sentence, wasn't it? 99 years. Wait, what? Yeah, so if a doctor... If a doctor performs an abortion, it's 99 years, which I don't know what, why so they the came up there. the doctor and the person? I don't know the person, but the doctor gets 99 years. I, I think the person gets 30. Which is crazy. Which is They're so They're both ridiculous. crazy. Like, it's just insane. So then wow. I started thinking to myself, what, and so um, 
one of the panelists said it's could happen in a procedure where maybe the doctor's not looking to perform an abortion, but something happens and they have to do a DNC. Yeah, yeah. So then they still get arrested. So that's the thing I said, why even call it an abortion? Right. What if you change the name? Because our whole society right now is about I can call things what I want to call it. I'm not a male, I'm a female. I can this is not that, it's this. Why not just change the name? Well, Republicans certainly have been trying to change the name. Uh, using the word infanticide as many times as possible over mm. the past few weeks, so they're certainly yeah. So well, they're I've certainly trying to never, yeah, they're certainly that. trying to increase the fear mm. as to what it is. Donald Trump has said it multiple times. Mm. Uh, senators, Republican senators, have said it multiple times on television. The Rona, word infanticide. Rona the word infanticide. Rona McDaniel, who is the chairwoman of the of the GOP, I has said that. it wow. multiple okay. times. Okay, so it's less about. Like I said, they they want to scare the shit out of people. And Donald Trump actually said, I don't know if you guys remember, but Donald Trump actually said it in a rally a few weeks ago where he said incorrectly that Which Democrats are yeah. you could let that out. for <laughs> that Democrats are, are 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 all for you know as soon as the it was the wildest story. He's like, oh wait, this I is the one where he was going, like, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, as soon as the baby comes out, they wrap it up in a nice oh, blanket yeah, and then it, they yeah. swaddle it and then they and then and then they and then they they kill it. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, I remember, that, you're like that's, that's not that's true not how at all. that works at all. But his his supporters are too dumb to do the research to find out that that's not true. But it's not even so much right. <laughs> Doing the research, it's common sense. Right, like, like that's just not how no, it no, works. <laughs> how do you think all those supporters are out there? They didn't Democrat. It wasn't like Alabama was not always a a was always a conservative state, but it was not inherently conservative yeah. in certain areas. So what do you think those people are doing? Well, the Republican Party wasn't even where it is now. Right. Well, so you what know? I'm saying is like yeah. so those people got to look back and go, well. That could have been me, mm-hmm. and that didn't happen. Or mm-hmm. I had my kid. I didn't have to make that decision. Nobody asked me if I wanted to make that decision. Right. It's right. not like <coughs> it's not like Democrats are standing in <laughs> birthing centers, right. being like handing out pamphlets, being like, "Please kill your baby as soon as it comes out of the <laughs> out of the womb." Like you know, like that's just not a thing. And again, that's why I say you got to go back. And Democrats have got to say this shit is crazy. Yeah, and they got to be very pointed about it mm-hmm. because Republicans are being very pointed about it in terms of legislation. We had to be very pointed about it in words because we're much better at at um, narrating um, when we talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like Barack Obama is very good at narrating things and painting a full picture. For sure, for but sure. no other Democrat is very good at narrating right now, and Republicans are running the gamut. But to go back to what you, what you asked about the Supreme Court, um, it's literally going to be a coin flip mm. because um, John Roberts, who's the chief justice, will be, which is insane, will be the swing vote. Mm. Um, he was the swing vote on um, on a couple of things recently. And so that will, he will be that decider. Um, and so we will see. Either his wife is going to have to put the pressure on him. Like there are so many different factors uh, from his from his particular situation Mm -hmm. the only thing that is protecting roe v wade is precedent and justices are very good at maintaining precedent Mm. um you saw neil gorsuch actually had there was a case this week i don't know what it is i can't remember what it is but i was reading about it where he sided with the neil gorsuch who's like the ultimate supreme conservative other than clarence thomas Mm -hmm whatever, uh, <laughs> where, where he sided with the justices, where he sided with the liberal justices based on precedent. 
So, and, and Brett Kavanaugh did the exact same thing mm-hmm. in another case too. So it, it, there is a glimmer of hope in terms of that, in terms of Roe mm-hmm. v. Wade. Mm-hmm. But the argument from the Solicitor General who represents the United States when it hits the Supreme court is going to be on the side of the pro-lifers because that is the position of the white house and district, uh, uh, attorney generals across the state are going to have to file amicus briefs that are so compelling Mm -hmm. that remind justices that this is the law. This is why it was, you know, I see conservatives talk about how flimsy Roe v. Wade was. I'm Mm -hmm. like, there was nothing flimsy about Roe (laughs) v. Wade. Um, and so that's what they're, they're just going to have to remind, just tighten up the bolts just yeah. a little bit to remind them that precedent matters. Right. And so to me, this seems, again, like a lot of things are the issue in this one issue. Because um, I mentioned changing the name to something else. Uh, so even the, the infant, the life form, the cell, the thing, the property, whatever, people have so many different ideas and the names property. for it. That's the somebody craziest. Said, you saw, I know, I read it. It's yeah. the yeah, craziest you saw, thing. Somebody said property rights. So it's so like... We have to come up with all these names and figure out what phases this thing become a, a person. And when it becomes a person, if we talk about when it's outside of the womb. Now we have issues where someone's trans or they decide I'm not a, I'm not a girl, I'm a boy, mm-hmm. no, or vice versa. And so there's so many of these issues that are coming to the forefront now. It's like if if we get to the point where we have to like allow someone to name things or themselves or whatever what they want, and then someone says, well, before you come out, I get to decide what you want. When, how is this a democracy? How is this, how do the people have any power if there's so many questions as to what I can do with myself, my life, my body? And at the same time, when it's not outside someone's body, they get to choose. So there's so many different like avenues to decide what happens. Like, mm-hmm. that's my problem. I, I keep coming back to this. I, I just want to be left alone. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just want to be left alone. Let me do me. If like, only you know it was saying? that that's, simple, but it really should be. But why be. is it not that simple? Because we're not a democracy. We're not. We're okay. a republic. Yeah. Thank you. And so, and I think that that's the, that, you know, we talk, we, we, we use these words all the time because that's what we believe it should be. But we're not being realistic when we have these conversations with mm-hmm. people to remind them of what it is. Right. Uh, whether or not it's democracy, whether or not it's separation of church and state, we're using these words that we were we have talked about like um, casually amongst our peers, mm-hmm. um, without doing the research behind that, or without somebody saying, "Well, the reality is this, this, and this." Mm-hmm. Right? Like we're mm-hmm. not that. And uh, so, the more that we can tell people that you know, facts matter, and. Um, science matters, and those are the things, those, and I posted yesterday about it, like, those are the tangible things that people care about. Mm -hmm. Uh, Republicans less, and that's unfortunate, Uh, whether or not it's on climate change, whether whether or not a doctor is telling people that, you know, the, you know, fetuses are at this point, you know, viable fetuses at this point, and stuff like that. What really sparked this whole thing, if you guys remember, was was Ralph Northam's uh, comments a few years ago. I mean, I'm sorry, last year when he was running for governor about how there could be situations where a doctor and a mother can make a decision uh, if the infant is not viable. Mm-hmm. That's what really... Because Ralph Northam is a doctor. So he, he was making... If there was something wrong with the child when it came out, the decision is between the doctor and the mother to decide what to do next. If okay. they know it's going to be a long-term 
situation where the where the where the child is going to suffer. Um, obviously, those decisions have to be taken into account. So, if you're on the moral side of that argument, where okay, well, that's still a life. Let them live out as long as they can. That's certainly the argument that you can make. Yeah. But obviously, what people forget is, first of all, uh, who's going to pay for that? Are you going to pay for that? <laughs> That long-term care, like yeah. you're just not going to. Right. You are putting somebody in a financial situation that they might not be ready for. Mm-hmm. So let, before you get off it, because that's, that's kind of what I was going to tack on next. So I keep hearing that the choice should be between the doctor and the mother. And I know we mentioned earlier that we as men don't really have you know a place to say something. But I, I don't completely agree with that. Because I also know that st- stats show that a lot of the women who have uh, abortions um, are already mothers. So, if a woman is having uh, an abortion, and now as a father, I have no say in the, in the matter. But if the baby comes out, I got to pay child support. Mm-hmm. So, I don't like the idea or notion that I have no say whatsoever. I, uh, sorry, I'm just going to say this real quick. I, it, this is a tough one, but I personally don't agree that the father should have no say. Mm. Especially, I mean, if it, it's a mutual, obviously if it's a mutual thing, you're in a relationship and you're like, we ain't got no money, we don't have time, we can't do this, this I don't know how this happened mm-hmm. in the first place. Yeah, I definitely, obviously in cases of incest and rape, I think the father the, has no rights whatsoever in those situations. Right. You don't even get to be a part of this conversation whatsoever. But it, I get what you're saying. It is a little tricky w- with that. But what were you going to say, Jackson? I was going to say, I'd be interested to know how many I would think that the percentage of women who don't tell their husbands they're having an abortion is like less than 1%. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I don't think I think those conversations are happening. Oh sure. I mean so, they could happen. Right. But he's just getting like it's he's being told what's happening. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's like he gets to say no you're going to have the kid. No what what I mean to say is I would think that the that the that a wife or a, or a mother or a mistress or anybody is having that conversation from the jump if they are considering it mm-hmm. uh, or or they're talking through it i would think that the idea that somebody's not including or taking into consideration the the man's opinion, the man's opinion yeah. I, th- I i would think that that's less that's less common than we yeah than we think it yeah. is because i would think that every man is in, the, in, in is is a part of that process. And then when it comes down to it, there are some mothers who don't, who want to, and then the dad doesn't. Yeah. So I, I, so I think it's just a matter of at the end of the day, the doctor is going to have to give them the best scientific situation going forward to make the best decision possible for Mm -hmm. them together. And then you know, some people either they got to, I don't know. It's, I, I was going to say like yeah. flip a coin. I don't know it's how they, hard. how you make that it's decision, decision when you don't believe it. For sure. And I just, when you think about it though, like let's say the father does, he's like, no, I want to have the baby. And the wife's like, no, mm-hmm. I mean, she's the one that has to carry it for the next nine, 10 months. And it's a hard decision because I get, he's like, no, I want to have a child, but I think people don't realize like, I mean, I haven't been pregnant before, but like how much that does to your body. I can understand why a woman would say I can't endure this again or right now mm-hmm. if this is that's a tricky this is a tricky one because it I, really I, is i, I get say, what yeah, you're saying physically i get the pain and i get the anguish and all that stuff but like for 18 years after that he is now on the hook for financially taking care of well she held it physically he now financially has to pay for that kid take care of that kid she could just do nothing i'm just going to chill and we have so many opportunities so many situations where a woman has uh 
you know, deceptively gotten pregnant. Yeah, for sure. Now, can a man say, I need you to have an abortion? I would, because I, I would, don't want to be on the hook for 18 years. That, I would think that those situations are common too, but I don't, I don't think side. that it's, I, I would caution saying that the man is financially obligated when there are f- when women make up 51% of this nation and they are working harder and more than men in terms of okay, working an, during pregnancy. Opinion, when I we say harder, when working. I say harder, I mean literally carrying a child and working at the same time. Okay. And so I, I think that's when I say why it's harder for women to go through that because they're doing two things at one time where a man's mm-hmm. doing one thing at one time and still sure. having to do that. Yeah. Where in some cases, there are wives who are making more than their husbands, right. carrying carrying the kid, working and making more, and still on the hook for more money for but the we, child too. So, but also it's really not even close in terms of child support and the laws that are substantially for women versus men. Yeah, if you if you aren't if you get divorced or if something happens after that, or if you're just not married, or if you're just not yeah. married, yeah. I mean, if you're not married or you're living together or whatever the situation is, yeah, I I think that. Uh, I mean, most cases, the child will always go with the mother and the the father has to be child support. Absolutely. And, and, uh, you know, I don't know how that situation works. I don't know how, how easy, how regulated that is, how the money is regulated, Mm -hmm. who is overseeing child support, who's, who's spending that money. I think that's something to have a conversation about from a, from a, from a law, from a legal standpoint Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. who is really in charge. Because if, 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 if somebody is willy nilly spending the money that you're giving them, which I'm almost positive happens all the time, um, then that's something that's unfortunate for, for the sure. child. For so sure. then that's something that needs to be discussed because that is unfair to whether or not you're the man uh, um, paying child support or whether or not you're a woman who the kid goes to live with the father and you're having to pay child support, whatever I mean, that have, is. Have you ever heard of a situation where a woman is paying child support for a man? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's a no. common a common thing. Absolutely. You common, ha- no. Not common, no. Yeah. Happened, That's what I'm yes. Saying. Oh, yeah. Common, happened, no. Yeah, common, no, happened. because the kid typically goes with the mother. Right. Yeah. But if the, if the child goes with the father for whatever reason, the women are legally obligated to pay child support at the same time. So yeah. I, I, I don't think that it's not common, but it still does happen. Well, guess what? So that's what I'm getting. Uh, that's what I'm getting towards. It's it's the common. You the majority. Yeah, right. I get right. you. Right. I get you. Right. So right. for sure. I think in this discussion about a man uh, not having any say in the weather, I think it's really easy. Honestly, it's just really kind of stupid. Like if it's incest or rape, those are crimes. So I don't understand why we even have that question. If someone's committed a crime, you don't have any rights now. You're out. So I'm not sure how that even got passed. But if it's a situation like this where it's a man and a woman, they mutually came together and had sex, and mm-hmm. now they should both have equal say in whether the child is born. I get that it's inside of a woman. I understand that. But we, you both had to be there to create this. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you you have to carry it. I have to carry the burden financially. So I think there should be some – maybe it's not 50-50, whatever. Um, but, again, if we get back to the doctor, as you said, uh, Drexel, and the doctor is the one who makes the determination where the – you know, uh, in terms of health, that this is the best decision – why can't we have someone who comes in as an arbitrator uh, on the other side, whether it's financial, whether it's relational? Whether sure, it's, and know, I think that does emotional. happen. I think that does happen. Um, it seems I, like I think, I think, I think that if the mother, and I've seen it, or I've, I've read, uh, read cases about it, and I've seen it, where if a mother and a father are at odds, an arbitrator has to come in, and then they have to make the case. 
In regards to getting in regards to in regards to what happens. Okay. Mm. And so in that case, the arbitrator is the decider in Mm. that situation, Uh, and 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 they can't do anything about it after that. So um, that does happen. Um, So So, I think it's it's the doctor comes in, says his his or her opinion. The mother comes in, says their case. The father comes in, says their case. They can bring character witnesses in and all that shit, and go through this whole process. And then at the end, the arbitrator says, "I've heard everything I need to say." This is the decision, and that's it. That's actually a legal thing. Yeah, oh, I've never heard that happen. That's a, that's crazy. Well, I mean, because then nobody would have like you, it would just be like you would still be fighting like cats and dogs, right? Like no, somebody's for sure. got to come in and do that. But I didn't. So in that case, though, they can legally say you have to have this baby. That's what I'm trying to understand. I think it depends on the the the, the state's laws too. You know, I so want to look I, into that because yeah, I, I have I, no I idea would, about I would, that. Because to me, that would clear up. A lot of this. I think that would be a huge, like, for me, What if you have two experts and the two involved in the situation, I, I don't need a court. I don't need anyone else to get involved with that. that right. To me, that seems that that would help a lot of these situations, other than, like, we mentioned before, rape and incest and all that right. stuff. But, like, the, the ones that I think that are the crux of the issue, I think, would get resolved a lot easier. Sure. But situation. I think in those situations, hmm. it's the same situation as, some, as, as a mother who is against... Um, who is against um, like uh, what, like shots and and vaccinations, uh, vaccinations yeah. and the father isn't and the child is suffering, but they have a moral obligation. Now somebody, an arbitrator, has to come in to clear that up. Mm-hmm. Th- these medical decisions aren't made when when they when the parents are at odds. Like it makes sense for an arbitrator to come in. But back to what you were saying, which was. I think it's on a state-by-state basis. And the reason for these laws, the reason why it can't get be cleared up is because in some states, it's not it, it's not a thing. But in some, in the other, in other, in more, in the, the states that we talked about, it's a moral issue more yeah. than it is a scientific issue. Well, because they don't believe in science. Well, that's what I'm saying, <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Isn't they the, just don't believe in science. Isn't the whole thing a moral issue? I mean, honestly, at the very end of the day. It depends on well, what yeah. side of the moral argument you're right. on. But, but that's, but that's is, the problem that argument. I have. But that's yeah. the problem that I have is that a lot of these cases in general that are coming up, like with LGBT rights and now with abortion, it's like it's all come down to morals as far as Christian ideals go. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that, sh- as a Christian I'm saying this, I don't think that that's something that we should be leaning on. We should be leaning on facts and science because for me – I like you said nobody's pro abortion. Totally not pro abortion, but I'm not naive enough to to think that it, it doesn't need to happen sometimes. Mm-hmm. There's so many situations where it's like that makes sense. Yeah. That completely makes sense that you would have to get an abortion. I mean, some women some people say oh, I think you know life is uh, is formed, you know, at the moment of conception. It's like but some people don't even know they're pregnant for months. Yeah. And they're not yeah. in any position to be ready for that. Right. I mean, women's cycles change all the freaking time. Yeah. This woman who miscarried had no idea they were pregnant. 100%. So, like, in those situations, it's like, how can you then basically, if you if you ban all abortions, you're basically forcing somebody to go through a pregnancy or go to jail if they end up having an abortion when they weren't prepared for it. If uh, they're just irresponsible, I don't agree with you getting an abortion. Right, and, you I, know? and, I, and I think that it's what's going to happen is these states – like Alabama, first of all, this this law these laws aren't going to go into effect anytime soon, right. it, it, and it'll be two more years before SCOTUS gets to it. Right. Um, in this case, I think that it's just uns. It, at the end of the day, it's just going to be unsafe for the women in those states. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, that is a moral issue. 
um, because uh, you're you're now putting somebody at risk uh, long term or short term, depending on how it goes down, because they are having an abortion that is unsafe or now they're having to cross state lines um, to have an abortion and, and, and deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that that's the that's really, again, where I say when people have these conversations, it has to be, listen, you can talk all you want to, but at the end of the day, they're not going to stop. Right. You know, right. it's 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 almost the same argument where that Republicans use on the other side, where they say like, um, well, if we ban all guns, that doesn't mean that people aren't going to get them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you're going to make that argument, then, then you're going to make it, then, it, then the exact same argument can be on the other one hundred on the other side. Percent. Um, so either you want regulation or you don't, and Republicans are very. Uh, I tweeted somebody the other day about. Uh, um, uh, them being super hypocritical and, and contradictory about c- certain statements. I said, you guys are like the kings of, of that <laughs> um, when it comes to that because you want regulation on certain things, but you don't want it on other things. For sure. And, and For sure. Uh, so you can make up your mind because Democrats want regulation on everything. Yeah. I mean, that's just the reality. Yeah. Uh, we're just not, we're unapologetically like, listen, people need constraints <laughs> and you can't just have people going willy nilly. Right. That's it's true. the reality. It's true. How much do you think uh, this plays into the lack of sex education in schools? So I used to work for an organization called Awareness Incorporated, and we taught um, abstinence. We taught contraceptive. We taught STDs. We taught we taught the full everything from mm-hmm. A to B about A to Z about uh, sex and sex education, and it met so much uh, opposition because of simply the abstinence component mm. not the rest that we talked about but because there was an abstinence component it met a lot of opposition and i think it really was it was disheartening to see that because it had nothing really to do with the kids mm. it was a lot of um councilmen's uh it was a couple of planned parenthood clinics and people just like you're not giving you're not you're not it, abstinence doesn't work i'm like of course it works I cannot have sex and I will not have anything after that. Right. Of course it works. Right. But you have to teach kids holistically. You yeah. have to teach them completely. It has to be a comprehensive program. No, you can't come in and just talk abstinence. You have to talk about abstinence, contraceptive. We talked about hormonals. We talked about butterflies. What happens when you kiss someone? What is that feeling? Mm. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was such a dynamic program. It was just sad to see it met opposition for the most stupidest uh, thing. So I think set education is huge mm-hmm. in this situation. And again, it comes down to what is the goal? Like, yes, as as yes. as a uh, organization that's promoting safe sex. Okay, well, why not promote abstinence? Because if you're telling someone who's promoting abstinence, you're not talking about safe sex. You're doing the same thing again. It's hypocritical. You're not breeding the other side of it as well. Mm-hmm. So I think sex education is a huge part of this, and I think if it, it again it was a comprehensive, holistic approach to it. Um, we wouldn't have a lot of these discussions in terms of um, teen pregnancies and, of course, um, abortions. Right. The only reason, the only thing that's stopping a comprehensive sex education program in the country uh, is religion. Mm -hmm. Uh, Catholics certainly do not want people to be teaching about contraceptives in schools. Well, Catholics got a whole world of problems. Oh, right. Well, I'm, I'm, I, and I say that because we, we were talking about Christians earlier, no, but yeah, Catholics yeah. really are the ones that don't want to talk about They're contraceptives. They're very against it, yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, the, the and, and then when you talk about, uh, um, what, what did you, 
I was I was reading about arbitration while I was sitting here. But um, and you're talking Just about talking abstinence about program, abstinence, abstinence program, right? Like, like everything, yeah. Th- those are two different things. Those are things that people like either you're for contraceptives or you're against contraceptives or you're for abstinence. Like people, religion cannot make up its mind. And uh, those are the things I've never seen so many bills or so many things that we all agree on be stopped because uh, in the name of religion which those is are re- those that is the reason why things are stopped mm-hmm. and then the other are then on the other side you're like looking at those same people and you're like first of all <laughs> you voted for a guy who never went to church in his life and you're selling $45 coins with his face on it and Jesus on the 700 club and you're thinking that somehow he is the supreme. You like you're thinking this guy is the pope. That's not a thing. You know, I can't even imagine how many abortions Donald Trump has paid for. Wow, I'm sure it has it's, been it's, many. Yeah, I'm sure um, it's been yeah. many. But, but I mean, he's been divorced five times, right? Right. Come on. But I mean, the, the <laughs> five times. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure they all signed NDAs, so that's why we haven't heard from any yeah. of them. But at the same time, those are the same people that we are watching judge folks coming over, bringing their kids in from 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 countries that are war torn. From Venezuela, an alert came in the other day about Venezuela's economy just mm-hmm. collapsing. Yeah. yeah. And that is less because, you know, Republicans will make, again, will make the argument about socialism, but it is less about the socialistic policies if they can do it right and more about the fact that they have had leaders who have been dictators, uh, who have not been great. And so that is uh, something. And the same thing with LGBT rights, same thing with Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. or, or just any people getting shot across the country. Like mm-hmm. th- these, the, the, the hypocrisy, and this is why Melinda and I, like, she always, she'll text me like every two weeks, be like, you want to come to church on Sunday? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no, but I'm I like, love I'm, the Lord. I'm in the, right, right, right. And like, I'm one of those people, like I am a believer in something higher mm-hmm. than myself, right? You're spiritual. Uh, right. And, and, it. you know, when my mom passed away, certainly I believe in my head uh, that if I'm having a conversation or if something's happening or something like that, like I know or I believe that she right. is guiding that in For a certain sure. way from somewhere, right? Granted, I only invite him to church when I'm like, I'm gonna be singing a song, right, 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 right. And then I and then I know it's gonna be on then I know it's gonna be on Facebook Live, so then I'm like, well, I was well just watch it here. <laughs> Why well, I need to be there? But you know, but at the same time, organized religion is so. Cr- crazy to me not because i don't believe that people should have the right to go to church that people should 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 not feel some type of way uh but because of how it has seeped into the decision making process for everybody else and that is unfortunate it's detrimental well i mean it's historic i mean if we're going back to the crusades uh even to manifest destiny it's always been in the gaze and the eyes of religion and I have the right to do this because of my higher power says I can do it. Um, the fight over, you know, parts of land in, in the Middle East, um, genocides in Africa, it's, most of it is religion based. They do everything in the name of God. Some God unquote. that they believe yeah. and they yeah, love yeah. and whatever. Yeah. And so I, in this country, it's funny because I've, I've, I grew up in a Baptist uh, church. Oh Lord. Went right <laughs> too. And then cool. uh, transitioned to a non-denominational, which is a de- denomination. Yes, and then it is. I completely just <laughs> dropped the term Christianity and called myself Biblican for a while. Um, and now I'm just Carmel. I, I, I honestly don't Carmel. care. Just the religion of Carmel? It's just me. Yeah, really. Because to me, I, I, and I've said this to people all the time, I'm my own God. I think I remember reading that book, The Book of Carmel. Yeah. 
Stop it. Because it's honestly, Ecclesiastes. After second opinion. <laughs> right. Because um, there's so, if people actually read the Bible, all the stuff we're talking about is in the Bible. There is abortion. There is killings. There is war. There is famine. There is uh, not having sex. There is having lots of sex. Having lots of sex. There's STDs. There's and, everything in the Bible. There's yeah. everything yeah. in the Bible. Yeah. So if, if you're being, trying to be biblical about it, like it goes back to what I said before. It's all my choice. It's all my decision. Mm. I, I just shouldn't. Have, God called David a man of my heart. David did some of those craziest stuff in the Bible. If we just let people act like David, it'd be over. <laughs> this country will be done. Because David was a warmongering, no, sex, sure. horny cat, had a bunch of wives just taking his buddy. Yeah, I like his wife. I'm going to put him in the war, get him killed so I can mess with his girl. I mean, He's going in on David. So I'm saying, but that's, it. if we want to get Christian about it, but here's Jacob the thing. had many wives He too. did. A lot of people did. Abraham, everybody was just hoeing it up, right? <laughs> but listen, we as Christians, that phrase, you are supposed to follow the teachings of Christ. So I personally, and I never have understood why the Old Testament is relevant in any conversations anymore. We are supposed to follow what Jesus spoke about and honestly, it's a lot simpler than people think it is. You're supposed to love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. End of story, point blank, period. And I do not know why I'm getting really passionate about this because I can't, I don't understand why that is so difficult for so many people to follow. He did not talk about homosexuality he did not talk about abortion. He didn't talk about any of the things that we are bringing up these cases that happen in Leviticus, for God's sake. And, and it has nothing to do with anything that's going on now. He had two things, two commandments, Jesus. Now, I'm not even talking about the Ten Commandments with Moses and the burning right, bush and all that right. stuff. I'm talking about two things that Jesus said. He said to love God with all of your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. yourself. And if we just followed that as humans, the world would be a lot more peaceful. I'll tell you why nobody believes that, because nobody's talking about it in the way that simplifies it nobody has ever i have never seen anybody go on air any politician and nobody say anything that is close to that Mm -hmm. that is so simplified and i think that's part of the reason why donald trump won right because everything was simplified right in their head right you know um where where you know they always talk about you know certain reasons i was i was reading somewhere the other day that barack obama's speeches were at a ninth grade level Hmm. Barack Obama, you know, because everything has to be simplified. Donald Trump's speeches, on the other hand, are like at the third grade level, yeah, yeah. right? So, shocked. There are some third graders that I didn't say fifth, like okay. fifth graders, right, you know, right, 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 but like, right. but like Barack Obama's the, the simplification of Barack, like it was professorial, which is why it sounded because he speaks eloquently, speak eloquently yeah, 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 but yeah. what he was saying was simplified enough to where we were like, that's the guy for two terms, right? Mm-hmm. Donald mm-hmm. Trump is saying simplified things that have that doesn't didn't make no kind of sense. <laughs> no. Right. It's just simple ten. Right. So I think that that is uh, so if people are out there, you know, Pete Buttigieg uh, has consistently talks about being a person of faith. Um, being gay, being in the military, mm-hmm. those things in simple terms, which is why he has been so meteoric, which is why he like shot over Beto O'Rourke, mm-hmm. who has no policies. Better, you know. So yeah. I think that that's where the more we can simplify things, the better. Elizabeth Warren is doing that right now. Mm-hmm. She's putting out policy papers, but they're talking about it simple. The reason uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is so compelling 
if you watch her in hearings or you see those little clips yep. of her talking yep. about things. Yep. Like the other day she was like going after a pharmaceutical guy being like, why is Truvada $1,000 here and $2 or $5 in, in Australia? How is that a thing? Mm-hmm. Explain that to me in simple terms. Simple, yep. That's all I yep. want to know. Yep, yep, yep. If we continue to do that, same thing with Katie Hill here in California, there are people out there saying, I just, I just tell, tell me, tell me simple. <laughs> Because I think that's what that's that's the difference between a millennial legislator or a young legislator and somebody who is asking questions that are too far too complex yeah. because that's what they know. Yeah. Um, and in this case, we need more people out there saying, "This is the re- this is the reality on on religion. This is the reality on Christianity." Because people have to hear it. Mm-hmm. They just need to hear the reality of a situation, yeah. and we are not doing them any favors by sugarcoating exactly what's going on. But I, I think agree. that's the problem is the reality of the situation is too much for people to grasp. Um, there is a cognitive dissonance that happens to people where their brains hear something that completely shakes their foundation and now they're just completely they're they rupture. They like can't school they shootings. Can, right. They they can't they can't fathom that that would really happen or this is a really situation. When you look at the Bible, you're asking why we use the Old Testament, this was decided in three in the fourth century by like two hundred bishops that this is what we're gonna do. And we're going to give them this. And they'll listen to that. Constantine came in and said, hey, this is what I want to do. And this is what I'm doing. And then we've been doing mm. it ever since. Mm. And so if I go back and literally tell you that the book you're reading has 22 other books that we won't talk about. And that the origin of all this is uh, Kemetic in ancient Egypt. People would lose their minds. Mm. I kind of talk about this at the panel. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. All these philo- – Jesus' philosophies, they weren't new. They, they, Buddhist, Hindus, uh spirituality in Africa, these are all, the golden rule has been around forever. Which is why I don't understand why it's so difficult for people to just freaking follow it. Because we're giving so many <laughs> other things. We're giving 65 other books that yeah. say a whole bunch of other yeah. stuff. And right. then they we're all confused. That and the pastor's like, here, listen to this, go to this, read this, this document, this, this, and that. And I'm like, oh, they can't keep it simple because again, it comes again down to control. Yeah. If I was given the simple nature and the fact that even Jesus says himself, you will do greater things than I've even done. That means you can be a god yourself. Mm-hmm. You can create like I'm doing. He said stuff he was doing. This isn't crazy. This is easy. Right. Like, why do you think this is a big deal? Because we weren't taught how to be like Christ. Mm-hmm. We're taught to follow Christ. The, the Christ other... said, no, you can be me. You right. can do exactly what I'm doing. But then these other people get on board and say, nah, don't let them do that because then they'll start doing their own thing and they'll take over and then I won't have my, my chalet and my you know, million dollar house and cars and all this stuff, right. then the people start to uprise. So that's right. why you have to keep people simple and stupid. Mm. Yeah. I mean, well, the other part so of ahead, that, yeah. I was just going to say from the, from the Bible perspective, the other part of that is when you talk about different versions, like, you know, the, the, the original Anna Wintour was King James, right? Like the original editor. So whatever he made up, is what people have been following forever. The King James version is what everybody has been following. I don't know what King James thought of. <laughs> King James also wrote a he book called Demonology. Right, but he could have just come up with what he could have edited. He wanted Psalms yeah. could have been just been folks that were singing to him. Mm-hmm. The Book of Revelation could have been a dream. Yep. The book Not of the book of Not David could have been stories told around campfire, <laughs> and he just put it all in a book. And he's yeah. like, you know what? But I don't like that chapter. Like, right. you know, like he mm-hmm. could have moved some shit around. He, he definitely did move things. That's around, what I'm saying. Question. So it, that's I think that's the other part. We're like, which version are you reading? Right. Because the King James version that I grew up with, 
is different than the version that you have in There's, 2019. I don't even know how many iterations of the Bible there have been. Well, right. the original one is the 88 book, the, the Ethiopian Bible. Is that the original well, don't version? Tell, don't tell white people that now. Don't it's tell t- white people. Again, what I'm saying, <laughs> the cognitive dissonance that would I mean, happen. Sorry, white people, if you're listening, I love you. What I mean to <laughs> the say The white people is, listening to the show are woke, though, so it's okay. They know. They would see that the original <laughs> Bible is, is in Africa? Like, well, to, and it exists to this day. You can find an Ethiopian version of the Bible, and you will be dumbfounded. It's because they don't know where Egypt is. That's true. They don't think it's in Africa. That, <laughs> well, Jesus is also white. Why? Yeah, don't get me started on that. Listen. Please <laughs> don't get me started on that. Oh <laughs> right. Just letting y'all know in case you didn't right. know didn't that. Know. You know, yeah, he, he was right. blonde and blue-eyed in the Middle and East. Tall. But anyway. Listen. And tall. Yeah, okay. <laughs> But Adam. he had hair of wool. It flat out says he has hair of wool in the Bible. Well, white person he you hid, know got hair of wool. He hid in Africa for two years. How Jesus you gonna hide <laughs> when you're white in Africa? You have to be this, this is a whole nother podcast. Yeah, yeah we get off of <laughs> but no <laughs> but before we do move on to our last uh segment of this show, what is a call to action that you want for people moving past getting past these conversations, which I think are important to have these courageous conversations about abortion and all this legislation? What is a call to action that you guys would both have for? listeners sure i think uh you know i had somebody ask me the other day um you know what can be done right now because you know and i said right there's two things they can have right now a first of all all roads lead to supreme court yeah that's that's something that's not going to change the other side of that is um donate to planned parenthoods across the country certainly beef up their funding because we've seen Republicans do their damnedest to cut federal for funding sure. for Planned Parenthoods across the country because it's not as, as, as much as Republicans like to, to, to scream it from the mountaintops that Planned Parenthood is an organization that uh, solely focuses on abortion. We all it's, know that not yeah. to be the truth. It's ridiculous. Um, same thing with the ACLU. If you have you know some dollars to throw their way, certainly yeah. throw them to the ACLU. Um, because those are going to be organizations uh, that are going to put their money towards uh, making sure that women are protected in that way. The other side of that uh, are groups that are um, focused on democracy and, and redistricting. You know, Eric Holder and uh, who's the former Attorney General for Barack Obama mm-hmm. has a national redistricting organization that is looking at. Um, ways that we can stop gerrymandering from happening. Mm. Those are the uh, that's the political side of stopping some of this from happening. Yeah, yeah. And of course, the other side of that is just getting out to vote. Yeah. Uh, and your local elections. We just had a measure here in California that I bet no one realized was happening. It happens on June sixth, uh, which is to beef up funding in Los Angeles for public schools mm-hmm. uh, in Measure EE. So that is something that Los Angeles uh, Angelino should be voting for. Yeah. Um, when it comes to um, how our kids in Los Angeles. Uh, are being educated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just be paying attention to those little <clears throat> things because they're happening every year or they're happening every few months where something is coming out where you have to vote on it. So do that. Yeah. Call to action, Carmel. I think uh, a step, I don't know if this is before that or after that. I'm going to say before that. I think I want people to start pushing certain people to run. Because I mm. know for me, there's people, I always look in the list, a panel of candidates, like I didn't want either one of those. Like how do I, how do you get any of these choices? But I know also if people felt like they had a say or empowered someone to run, I think they would intrinsically then vote for that person. Mm. Like if you know someone in your neighborhood, you're uh, some kind of group or club, you're in a coach or a teacher or someone or just someone, an authority figure, and you got them understanding like you need to run, you need to go out and put 
what we're saying, what we need out in front of more people. Mm-hmm. That would, I think, force people to then study and research because now they'd have someone that they had a hand in putting in a situation to be voted for. And then that person also themselves was, oh, wow, I can take my uh, situation in my community, my club, these people, my kids, and then take that on a larger scale, a larger mm-hmm. stage, mm-hmm. and move it up that way. And I think that would start the situation, a synergy of getting people to vote more if they had a direct connection to the person mm. they were voting for. I think that's great. Do you agree yeah. with that? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And and that's why, you know, when people ask me all the time whether or not they want to run for office, I'm like, do you know anybody in that area? <laughs> <laughs> Do they know you? Because mm-hmm. if they don't, you know, when people ask me to run and I, in my district, I'm like, first of all, I'm not, I live in a predominantly Hispanic area. Yeah. Mm. There's no way that I would feel comfortable representing a group of people. I don't speak Spanish and mm-hmm. Tim doesn't speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. So it, it would be, it would not be in the best interest of an area that I lived in. Yeah for the constituents to run for office yeah, in that yeah. area. Like, yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah. If I lived in West Hollywood, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, You know, right, but, right. I, but I'm not, not from, like, the, the LGBT standpoint, which is fine, whatever. Yeah. But I mean from, like, just a pure communication standpoint. Because right. if you can't identify with folks, like, I'm lucky that my my delegation that's that's a, that's going to Calif- the California Dem- um, Convention in a couple of weeks, next weekend, actually, um, is diverse enough and young enough to where mm-hmm. we represent a whole swath of the 39th it's district, not just, <laughs> Good words. you know, um, not just um, a handful. And the Valley is expanding demographically, but in an overall situation, no matter where you live, like if this is Toluca Lake where, you know, um, a lot of our friends live, like, yeah, this would be an area where some where one of us could run because we can communicate with everybody. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have a connection to those people, you don't have any business running for office. Right. And so the person who represents the district where you live, do they represent that? Oh, absolutely. Luz Riva certainly has. She grew up in the district. She Perfect. went to school in the district. That's wonderful. She uh, has started nonprofits in the district. Uh, and so, you know, she's been great on uh, on representing the district. And, and she only took office, I want to say, within the last couple. She actually had to run in a special election. Uh, so she only, then she had to immediately start rerunning again right after mm. because then the, the actual election was the following year. Mm. So she hasn't really had a lot of time to, to work, but she's been doing a lot of work on um, homeless outreach and, 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 and beefing up uh, STEM uh, programs in, in, in the area. So I think that that's certainly something that Luz has been doing here in the Melinda's district, which is Adrian Nazarian's district, um, is the same thing. Whether or not you live in Paul Kokorian's district, uh, and I'm talking LA City Council members right now, like though, or or or, or LA City Council and Assembly members right now. So um, you just know those people. Yeah. Like yeah. if you can't name at least one person, that's an issue. Right. Right. <laughs> Well, I would say before we move on to our spotlight segment, just have conversations with people with respect. We Mm. just have to learn how to do that in this age of social media. It is so difficult. I mean, I can't go a day without a 50-plus comment thread on my, and I do it to myself, I know. (laughs) But I want to I'm like, is this thread still going on? It's still going Mm. on. I'm like, this is half my day. But... I, I try to welcome, I still I have people that I, I don't agree with and people that I'm close to that I don't agree with, but I still try to have respectful conversations. So I just think whatever conversations you're having, whatever side uh, of the fence you are on, just be respectful because yeah. we can't get anywhere if we're just calling people names and slinging mud and doing all this crap. Have respectful conversations. All right. And, all use, right. and use GIFs. 
like I do. You oh just use God. a good gif That's all Jexel does. To, <laughs> to end the conversation. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you just have them on the ready, too. I'm like, how did you just I'm get like, did you know the conversation you were going to oh. have? All right, so every week at the end of We Need to Talk, we put a spotlight on a community, organization, or a person that we think is doing good in the world. Carmel, who do we have this week? This week, we have the Christ KRST Unity Center of African and Spiritual Science. Is a center of uh, for people who teach and practice ancient Kemetic Egyptian spirituality based on the principles of Mayat, which is truth, hmm. justice, righteous, harmony, order, balance, and reciprocity. Ah, reciprocity. Reciprocity. Thank you. Reciprocity. I was like, what are you trying to uh, say? Can I get it out? Can I think out? the only reason I know that word is I think it's because the lyric it's in the lyrics to some song. Yeah, it's reciprocity. Reciprocity. Yeah, reciprocity. reciprocity. It's Lauren Hill. It's Lauren Hill. She it uses it in the miseducation. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, who put that? In the Thanks, song Lauren there? Hill, for it's giving it's us real. that SAT word. <laughs> reciprocity. <laughs> it is the mission and purpose for them to provide a loving and supportive atmosphere for personal and spiritual growth for all people. So, if you want to learn more, go to K R S T unitycenter.org wonderful great right in line with, <laughs> with you and what we're talking about too. yes all right thank you guys so much we are going to take a break for just a few weeks but make sure you still are following us on social media participating in the question of week you please feel free to email us at we need to talk the podcast at gmail.com if you have any questions any topics that you think you would like for us to talk about and we will see you in a few weeks thank you so much later bye, bye. And this episode of We Need to Talk is brought to you by Black Brew, the darkest, richest, boldest coffee anywhere.